Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And it is my considered opinion that one of the most important jobs a man can occupy in this world is that of a father. So much responsibility is placed in our hands when we decide to become a father, either biologically or through adoption. Thankfully, we have the perfect role model to emulate in that function in our Heavenly Father. We can look to the perfect Father in heaven and learn how to be faithful fathers for our children today. God led his children, the Israelites, out of the bondage of Egypt. For 40 years they wandered in the Sinai wilderness because of their lack of faith. But finally they arrived at the brink of the promised land. Moses gave them the second revelation of the law in the book of Deuteronomy. In chapter 8, God is described as a father to these children. In verse 5, Moses wrote, Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Throughout this chapter, we find described how God led his children. And we see in the description the same methods that a faithful father will use in leading his children to adulthood. Notice with me now how God led the Israelites and how what he did relates to the job that all of us who are fathers have chosen to do. I believe as fathers, what we are to expect and teach our children is that obedience follows blessings. Let me show you what I mean. Looking at Deuteronomy chapter 8, we'll read verses 1 and 2. We find there all the commandments that I am commanding you today. You shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. And you shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. God had led them for all those years. Look at verse 3 of Deuteronomy 8. And he humbled you, and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. As a father throughout those years, God fed them. Look at verse 4. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. He clothed them during the time of wandering, seeing to it that their clothes did not wear out. Down in verse 14 we find, When your heart becomes proud, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you up out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God reminded them through Moses that when they had cried out in their affliction in the land of Egypt, God had responded and brought them out of that cruel circumstance. In verse 15 we read, He led you through the great and terrible wilderness, 
with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. He protected them from the serpents. He protected them from the scorpions. And when there was no water, he had even brought forth water for them from a rock. God had provided all they needed long before they reached the brink of Canaan. Like any good father, God had provided for his children in every way, food, clothing, freedom, and water. Whatever they needed, God made sure they had it. Every good father does that. Long before a child can walk, talk, or contribute anything productive in terms of service or chores, the father is providing for the child, making sure that the baby has food, shelter, health care, and so on. Good fathers, just like the one in heaven, want obedience from their children, but before obedience can be expected, good fathers understand that they must bless that child first. This is the sequence for God, and it should be the same for those of us who are fathers and parents. First, we see to it that our children have what they need. Then, over time, as the blessings we provide equip the children, we can expect and even demand obedience. When you think about it, God is like that all the time. I think of a passage like Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45, where in the great Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God pours forth his blessings daily on those who love and obey him. He also sends his blessings, rain, sunshine, food, and so on, upon those who have never acknowledged him as God. God wants obedience from everyone, but he shows us that blessings come first, but then the giver of the blessings has the right to expect obedience. Let's go back and reread a portion of Deuteronomy 8 from which we can learn an important lesson as fathers from our Father in heaven. Hearts must be tested. Looking again at verses 2 through 4, we find, And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these forty years, that he might humble you, testing you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, and let you be hungry, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You see, God tested his children. Now we have already seen that he saw to it that they had what they needed, but he also humbled them by making them learn to depend upon him. God could have provided much more to his children. He could have given them luxurious things, fancy foods, and magnificent clothing. He could have given them chariots of gold with which to carry the loads. But God led them through a desert, a rugged region, letting them do without some things so as to see what was in their hearts. Good fathers do the same thing. A faithful father will test his children to discover what is in their hearts. These tests might be in forms of discipline, might be chores to be performed, might be choices they are allowed to make as the children get a little older. Fathers do this so their children will grow up to be responsible, productive adults. 
Sometimes people complain that a truly loving God would remove all sorrow, all struggles from our world. But would a loving father actually fail to challenge his children by failing to give them chores or teach them accountability or make them face tough choices? You see, a loving father does put his children through things that he could prevent, all to see what kind of people they will turn out to be. God does the same thing. Yes, he could give us all ease and comfort, but he wants us to be the best we can be. He wants us to be responsible to him and responsible to others. To do that, as a loving father, he puts us through tests and even struggles, all of which helps to determine the kind of character we will have. I believe that through the example of God, good fathers learn to teach their children that respect is earned. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 6 we read, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. God wants us to fear him, but not in the sense of being afraid, but in the sense of respecting him or reverencing him. God put it simply, I have taken care of you, molded you, and shaped you, and blessed you. Now you are to honor me with respect. All fathers want respect, but some fail to recognize the order God used with his children. He took care of them, in a sense, earning their respect. A father is not guaranteed respect just because he can biologically father a child or because he was able to convince an agency to give him a child. He earns respect by paying the price of being a father, by raising his children, loving them, molding them, and shaping them and blessing them. Good fathers deserve and should be respected by their children since they have paid the price to raise them. I've known a lot of fathers who demanded respect but didn't deserve it. I have known fathers who by their actions have created bitterness, discouragement, hardship, and even tragedy in their homes. Faithful fathers can earn respect by being the right kind of person, doing the right sort of things. Faithful fathers strive to give their children an example they can be proud to follow. As God took care of his children, He wanted them to be successful. Their successful occupation of the land of promise was the goal. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 7 through 10. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vine and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you shall eat food without scarcity, in which you shall not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. God had a great future in mind for his children. He had brought them to a land that was rich in abundance. Canaan would provide all that they needed. They would do without nothing. God had led them, tested them, and now wanted them to enjoy the fruits of his labor and theirs. Faithful fathers want the best for their children. They want them to be well-educated, find good and honest employment, be financially successful, and on and on. Every father hopes that his children will end up better off than he was. When a father looks at his baby, 
he sees a future full of opportunity and success. That is what God wants for us as his children. He doesn't want us living in misery, dread, drudgery, or fear. He wants us to be happy and successful in life from both a physical and a spiritual standpoint. I'm reminded of David's statement in Psalm 37, verse 25, where he wrote, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. God wants us to be successful spiritually, and he has done this by allowing his son to die for us. That is so we can experience the joy, the thrill of salvation. God, as our Father, sees a great future for us if we will come to him and let him be our Father as children in his family. However, a good father also teaches his children to face life's realities. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 19, we find, And it shall come about, if you ever forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you today that you shall surely perish. God warned his children to be careful. It was certainly possible that when they were in the promised land, and all seemed to be going so very well for them, that they might be tempted to forget God and to not remember the true source of all of their blessings. God, as their father, cautioned them of the possible snares ahead. Being comfortable and well-off in the promised land, they would still face temptations, trials, difficulties, and risk sinning in the worst of ways. God was preparing them to face the harsh realities of life. God warned, God, good fathers warned their children as well. They raised them equip them to face whatever life throws their way. And they will face struggle. They will have pain and disappointments. There will be times when their hearts will be broken, and they will have that hole inside of them that just feels like it will never be filled again. As a father, I must do my best to prepare them, or I have failed. Life is hard sometimes. There are pressures and risks and challenges, and they must be equipped to face them. It is a foolish father who always tries to hide their children from the realities of life. Satan is not going to leave our children alone. He desired Peter. He afflicted Paul with a thorn in the flesh and messenger of Satan. He buffeted Job in ways almost indescribable. He prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, according to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Our children are going to struggle. The more we prepare them to face real life, and the most important part of real life is the spiritual, we can expect Satan to seek to derail them. The better the teaching we do, I am convinced the harder Satan will work to undermine that teaching. And one day, our children will go up and be on their own. The time comes when we cannot make their decisions for them anymore. Faithful fathers do their best to prepare them for that time when the harsh realities of life come, as they inevitably do. You know something? We who are fathers now may not have had the best father in the world growing up. We may not have had faithful fathers. Maybe some of our fathers really didn't follow the example of what a good father should be that God has given us. But again, you know what? Whatever our personal experiences might have been growing up, we can be a good and faithful father today. 
Our children are like pieces of clay placed in our hands by God. Mold them well. Thanks for listening.